What's going on, everybody? This is Frisky Morris Sessions, the sometimes weekly multi-format podcast about all things punk in the Chicagoland area and beyond. And today's episode is an installment of our flagship format, Frisky Morris Sessions. This is episode 82 featuring Two Minute Minor. All the tracks for this episode are off their latest EP entitled Blood on Our Front Stoop, which was released in early May of this year. Big shout out to our friends at Million Yen Studios for letting us do this session in their lovely facility. And of course, Chris DeQuick of Chris DeQuick Productions for putting this whole episode together. On this episode, we really dive deep into talking about the social issues that spurred this record. We talk a lot about how their first EP was more of a personal internal reflection and how this EP is very much an external reflection, really tackling issues in the Chicago area and can also be replicated into just issues in America and in the world today. We get really deep. There's a couple tears and, you know, really deep stuff. Like I can't, this was probably one of the most intense interviews we've had. And I just really appreciate Two Minute Minor feeling comfortable enough in the studio to share their stories with us. A lot of them are really personal and to kind of be able to share that with you, the listeners. Uh, as always, the links to the band's social media pages and the track listings can be found in the description of this podcast. Uh, you may have noticed we took about a month off from releasing episodes. There was a lot of factors that went into this uh some of it was work schedules and second jobs and third jobs and life was just getting really hectic uh i'm in the middle of a home buying process so that took up a lot of my time uh potential opportunities that kind of prevented us from doing quote unquote like competitive content like this podcast uh put the podcast on pause for a little bit uh but we're back Although we won't be posting every week this summer, uh, we'll be posting as much as we can. So definitely stay tuned, stay listening, uh, stay up to date. We really appreciate your continued support during this transition for the podcast. And we'll definitely keep you posted on the status of Frisky Morris and Friends in general in the coming months. Uh, But, you know, some shameless plugs before we get into the episode. Of course, Make sure to check out our Bandcamp page and peruse our releases, including the Blind Adam and the Federal League self-titled debut 12-inch, the Turbo Vamp 7-inch EP, Death by Misadventure, a slew of amazing comps, and more. Of course, social media channels on Facebook at Frisky Morris Friends, on Twitter at Frisky Morris, on Instagram at Frisky Morris Sessions. Uh, One day will never come. This is what it is. It's never going to be consolidated. I've come to terms with that. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and spread the word about the podcast. We really can't do this show without you, the listeners, and whether you've been with us since episode one or episode 151, again, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast, and we really hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Chris and I enjoy making it. But that's enough of that. Let's get into the here and now. This is Frisky Morris Sessions with our flagship format, Frisky Morris Sessions, episode number 82 featuring Two Minute Minor. Enjoy it.
enough about wrapping cables. What is going on, everybody? This is Frisky Morris <laughs> Sessions with another installment of our flagship format. I am joined for the first time at Million Yen Studios with Two Minute Minor. Thank Ooh. you guys so much for coming on the podcast and spending your Sunday evening with us uh, here at Frisky Morris Sessions. Really appreciate it. What was the first song we would have just listened to to bring us into this episode? The Victory is Ours intro slash Can't Be Defeated. So you would have just listened to that. Let's go around and introduce yourself, what you play in the band, so we can match audio to who's talking when. All right, I'm first. I'm Zach Bredier, and I play the drums. Uh, hi, I'm Virgil Lloyd, and I play guitar. I'm Wiley Glenn, and I sing. I'm Bob, and I play guitar. I'm Noam, and I play bass. Nice. Uh, so, going right into it, I kind of like to start these off with a little bit of an origin story. How do you all know each other? How did you decide to play the type of music you played? I know with Zach and Wiley slash Glenn slash whatever you want to call them, uh, you guys were kind of talking and uh, for the October Bird of Death episode, and it seemed like there was a lot of like, oh, we wanted that band. It started off as kind of like more of like an aggressive oi style band, and then like, Two Minute Minor came about and I was like, oh, interesting how like that idea kind of segued into like another band being formed. So kind of talk about like how do you know each other in the scene, in the community, friends of friends, and how you guys decided to pick this style of music to play. All right. Well, I should probably take that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I started a band called October Bird of Death. 2016, 15? 15. 2015. I think it's funny because we had the same thing and I mentioned it and you're like, oh, you know what we started like yeah. before we did. Okay. I don't, timelines and myself do not get along at all. I'll help you with that. Okay, yeah. thank you. So, started this band called October Bird of Death and I really wanted it to be like more like old school black flag kind of uh, hardcore punk. And we got different members in that band as you know, and mm -hmm. it ended up not being that way, which at first I was kind of bummed out because that's really what I wanted to do. But I understand that when you're in a band and you get different members, things change and everyone's influence kind of comes in. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own band. I'm going to start a hardcore punk band and I'm going to go on the trusty good old Craigslist. And Craigslist. I'm going to find myself <laughs> old some school. old school hardcore You're going to find yourself some real winners. <laughs> so Bob, cool kids Bob have yeah. professional gear. Yeah. So Bob and I are... Say hi, Bob. Hi. Bob. So we're the OGs of the band. We're the original members. Okay. And he was the second one to hit me up on Craigslist. This first guy, his name was Marco. And I posted up, you know, I, I kind of, I want to do 80s, old school, fast, hardcore punk, like Minor Threat, like Black Flag, yeah. like Youth of Today maybe kind of influences. Yeah, yes. like a kind Chain of Strength. Chain of Strength, yeah, yeah uh, Uniform Choice. Like a kind of, in Warzone, I wanted like, yeah. that, like that old skinhead, youth crew, slash fast, hardcore punk. So kind of like a mixture of those things. And I got this guy named Marco who hit me up who was in a band in the 90s here in Chicago called Blindside. And they were a decent sized band, and he sang in that band. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% interested in doing like the 80s stuff, maybe like later 80s, but I really want to do the 90s kind of uh, breakdowns, hardcore breakdowns. And I was like, well, I really don't have any interest in that at all. So we kind of yeah. compromised okay. a little bit. And so if you listen to our first record, 
it's got a lot of really fast parts and then it slows down and does like those 90 90s hardcore kind of breakdown sure so oh help me out here so uh, what was what was it about the craigslist ad that made you want to want to do this i it looks like this guy's not going to care that i'm old so <laughs> that was a huge thing that was a huge thing no, with him so we had our first practice. We wrote a song. We wrote "Change My Life" together. That's the first song we wrote together. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And we wrote it with uh, this with this weird drummer guy, who, who almost got, got hit by a car. He almost got hit. Phone. Yeah, he almost got hit. <laughs> and I was like, we are never seeing that dude again. He was on. <laughs> he was on his bike, and he's <laughs> with like his guitar on his back. Yeah, he played the drums, but he brought a guitar. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he did. And he got on his bike. He's like, see you guys. And he like <laughs> turned in his car. Was like. <laughs> Like, like we're like, oh, that dude almost just died. <laughs> it's like, I love that it's like, see you guys. Like I don't, I can't tell you the last person that did just say see ya, see but like guys. see you guys. And then see you. final word, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. So wait, did and, and you so, see him again? No, no. And so and so Bob, so so Bob at the end of the practice, he's like, he's rolling up his cords. Over, 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 over. <laughs> and he's like, ah, I'm, I'm not gonna get called back from him. Like, why not? He's like, uh, cause how old are you at the time? This was three. How old was I? Two years I, I just turned forty. And he's like, I'm forty. But I mean, I look good though. I'm. You know, <laughs> what, you what, what you can't see is all the gray. He's like, he's like, I'm forty, so you're probably not gonna want me in the band. And I was like, dude, at the time, what I was 35? thirty five, thirty something. I'm thirty seven now, so I was thirty five or whatever. And I'm like, dude. You're only like five, four or five years older than me. He's like, oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, and Mar- <laughs> yeah, Marco was older than me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, all right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we're good. But could, no, a couple of them dudes were real young, though. They were. Yeah. Like in their early 20s. The guy on the bike with the guitar who almost get back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You learn to avoid cars the older <laughs> yeah. you get. He was like, yeah. yeah. He was like 12. Um, <laughs> but ever since Bob got the Just for Men, it's made a big difference. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ow. No, so that like, oh, it was like you guys kind of like going through stuff like how how did you guys know because i feel too with like that style like it's kind of a 50 50 if you have one or two guitars so how did you know that like you got to a point in the songwriting process and like as a band that you're like yes we definitely need a second guitarist there, we want to have a second guitar we had a second guitarist from the beginning there yeah yeah there so was that was always that was a thing like you always wanted for the most part yeah. yes but we didn't always have a second guitar okay no. <laughs> so we had this guy named his name was Zach. his name was zach also he's a very nice kid yeah he, he was, was a really, he was nice, really kid. nice he just didn't know anything about hardcore and the first four times he showed up he looked completely different each time he did he had long hair and a beard the first time nice and then the next time he shows up, he had a, he has a mullet and a mustache. Right. <laughs> Excellent. And then the next time he shows up, he has really short hair and cut off a mustache. Yeah. Oh, so he had three different yeah. looks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a Jesus <laughs> look. Real? It was a porn star look, and then it was like a regular dude look. Yeah. <laughs> it was. All Are you sure this is the same guy? Band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah different guy shows up. Yeah. Sure. It was. Um, but he kind of had yeah. he kind of had problems with. Uh, dialing in the sound it was just like a a a round peg in a square hole yeah Yeah. so you had like Like, a very because like you're talking about even like breaking it down by like late 80s like 90s like like you guys are very you went into this knowing what that sound was and kind of when was it was it like was it changed by life what song or show or even like lineup to lineup was there ever a time that you guys looked at each other and you were like Oh fuck yeah! This is it. Like we just need to keep on doing what this is. Yes. I, I mean, I when we go ahead. I felt really 
fortunate just from that moment to have met Wiley and like to 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 even like it was Craigslist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because it, I remember distinctly like everyone's kind of I can curse. Yeah, everyone's kind of dicking. You can fucking say whatever the fuck you want on this fucking thing. Everyone's kind of dicking around, like playing. Yeah, and he was standing next to me, and I'm like, I don't know. And he he looks at me, goes, "Just play something fast." So I just went, and I just played the riff. That that was it. And then we just and we just did it. And he just jumped in and started singing, and I was like, "Okay, this guy knows what he's doing. This guy's good, you know." And I was like, "I was like, was great, you know." And then like we hit that chorus. And then Marco was like, well, let's do a slow part. So we were like, all right. And it was, <laughs> yeah. that was it. And the song was like, it was done that night. It was, it, and it was, yeah. and it was like, you could see what it was going to be. I was like, well, this is, this is going to be all right. Yeah. You know, and just keep working. Uh, we had nothing but drummer problems too. Yeah, we really had a spinal <laughs> tap propensity for drummers <laughs> yes. for, like, for like like three months, and then we had a guy and for a while. We got this guy named Mike, and he was actually he was so. This Mike guy, he hadn't played drums in four years, he told us. Okay. And so he comes and tries out, and be mindful that we had, like, three or four other drummers that we worked with for mm-hmm. just a couple weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And it was so painful. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're, only, you're, you're only as good as your drummer, your sure. band, you know? That's the truth. And so we had this Mike guy come out, and I could tell that he was good, but I could tell that he was rusty. Yeah. And he's like, look, I really like this music. I really want to do it. Uh, I'm just being up front. I'm super rusty. We're like, cool, let's give it a shot. We're not ready to play. Let's, you know, practice for three to five months before we play a show, so we should get you up to speed. And he was doing really, really good. And he was getting there. He was practicing on his own for about three months, and we were super excited about the sound. And then he got this girlfriend. Did he get hit by a car? No. Uh, I mean, it's just, he got hit by might as well. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> So, dropping truth bombs. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, so. So he gets his girlfriend and he stops practicing on his own, and not playing for four years and only being back in it for three months. We started to notice it. Sure. And he started messing up a lot, and then he he blamed it on Bob all the time. Yeah, he did. He's like, Bob's not playing right. Bob's not doing this right. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. I don't think uh, it's Bob. Agree to disagree yeah. on this yeah, one. Yeah, because I was I, I even would try it over and over. It would be change my life coming in. Yeah. Like honestly, you've got to nail that right. Yeah. As a drummer. Yeah, yeah. So he would, and it would and yeah. come then off the rails, and, yeah. and then he'd be like, Well, Bob, you're not playing it right, and I'm like. All right, man. <laughs> Whatever you say. Let's we'll just try it again, bro. Yeah, what do you say to that? Yeah. So, how did Virgil fit into he was right Virgil before your yeah. yeah. okay. as well. Right before. That's a good... Sorry, I'm all over the place. That's no. Right. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, you moderate. Yeah. So, before Marco quit the band, we got Zach. I was actually going to say, forget it. This is so much work trying to get a drummer. Uh, Bob, let's just do this as uh, let's just put out this seven inch and be done. Mm. Like let's just do it as a recording project and call it a day because this whole drummer thing is completely stressful. Yeah, and it was. It's always the drummers. Yeah, but once he started playing with us and he you were just gonna record and then yeah. he got way into it and oh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. so he made the song so much better. Yeah, and it was just like. He upped our game, and, and he's like, well, I, I want to be in the band. And we're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I was like, okay, we can do this as a real band then. Yeah. Like, nice. we got a drummer to that caliber mm-hmm. and a friend who's in mm-hmm. a, a band with me, another band that yeah. I know him. Why wouldn't we do this? I get misty just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so Marco was like, okay, cool. If we're going to do this for real, 
we need another guitar player because Bob plays more of the punk style and he wanted more he wanted more of like a hardcore slash metal sure kind of guitar player to give it that more hardcore feel mm. fill it in a little bit more so we put up Craigslist ads and uh, this was one of the yeah, found it. What do we do? The, four, uh, three or four? Casual days? encounters. Three or four. <laughs> yeah. guys, like, oh, yeah. We did like four for our guitar player. We did four. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we tried did, out. We did one dude one night and then did. We three tried out four other. guys and Virgil's the one we picked. Yeah, but I didn't know they were trying out people. I just thought like <laughs> it was a friendly like yeah come on over and like, yeah. we, we let's give it out. a whirl. And it was like uh, it's nine o'clock. You're gonna have to break down your gear because we got the other guy coming in. I'm like uh. And he's like what? Did I make it? Yeah. We'll call you. And the so what brought calls. what brought you to the like what attracted you on the Craigslist ad to like go and audition and like when they offered you like I think it on. was the description like in the bands you listed and hardcore and I think you had in there like two minute or uh, minor threat and uh, black flag and I grew up listening to, like Gorilla Biscuits and Vision yeah. and Burn but I was always a little more on the metal side like the Earth Crisis side of things when it came to hardcore oh hold on. What? This is the most important part of the story, too. Did it stop? <laughs> no, it didn't. All right. I can't, I can't. Just We're, We're learning. salvaged We're it. learning something every time. <laughs> oh, man, I almost killed my... All right. <laughs> but it was. It was, yeah. the, it was the, just the description. It was hardcore music that was kind of my wheelhouse and, and kind of gel yeah, with the audition yeah. and you're like and they were just super nice guys i mean it was you know it's always awkward when you first meet a band and i fell in out, love with virgil yeah, yeah it was yeah. once you made oh, yeah. eye contact no, yeah it was, no, it was. no seriously yeah. that's the reason that's why seriously hands down that's Reach the reason around. why we asked him to be in the band it wasn't because of his guitar playing but was because of <laughs> yeah. his because my guitar playing is awful but it, was, it was just i was a nice yeah, fellow to be around yeah we just wanted someone that was super positive uh to be in the band because the other people that we tried out were a little all over the place kind of scattered and i showed up with the same haircut like two weeks in there a row. you go <laughs> wasn't that it? you had the that same helped. look yeah. that helped they that knew what help. they were getting but every then time. when he shaved his beard and I, did, goatee, I did go coach v <laughs> i did go coach v with the visor and goatee yeah we kept calling yes. yeah. I, I almost did i almost didn't make it past that that three month period oh man <laughs> it's coach v well we're going to talk more about their discography and the songwriting process when we come back but for now you're going to listen to more music from two minute minor and the second track called tried and true Racism to play, cause my hate 
I mean, no. we can come back. We're yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're back whenever we want to be yeah. back. Uh, you just heard Tried and True from Two Minute Minor. We are at Million Yen Studios with them. Just shooting the shit, talking the talk. Not walking. We did enough walking today. We're sitting. We're sitting. Yeah, we're sitting. <laughs> um, so, a best friend in June of 2017, you got blood on our front stoop coming out in May. What would you say, style, anything? Because I feel like, let me back up, mm-hmm. and then the reason why I asked this question. With the line of changes and with everything, I also feel there's another side to, like, oi and hardcore that you kind of touched on where it's very easy for it to be like, oh, this is the same thing just over and over again. And it's like, oh, you're like, especially like too, like lyrically too. It's like, I get it. Unions, good. Like work hard, like be friendly. And it's like, there's only so many times like you can say certain things before people are like, oh, it's just the same song or the same release over and over. Going into that second release, what was there any conscious thing to be like this needs to be different or like just kind of talk about the thought process for the song selection and the writing coming up with this like sophomore ep if i can jump in on this one yeah. i think when i think of the two albums i think that the first one is very introspective i think it's sort of like a searching out and identifying who in this case wiley is uh as a singer and i feel like the second album is far more looking outward uh social critique uh, that to me is the the big vocal difference, um, and hearing Wiley grow so much as a as a vocalist between the two albums has mm-hmm. been quite amazing. I mean, he's an amazing mm-hmm. frontman, anyways. But uh, <laughs> but just hearing his vocal phrasings and everything from first album, second album is, is fantastic. Yeah, and that attests to the the song, the way that we're writing songs now too. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone new coming to the band. It's definitely evolved. And Wiley had said, he'll say like wanted to move in this direction yeah like i was saying too when you guys were recording i was like you would have just heard tried and true which is a very oi song but then later on in the session you're going to hear songs that are like straight up hardcore and i'm like i love that it's like no this is going to be an oi song and it's like it's our sound and our sound can be very like different within the same release and it doesn't have to be like oh no like this is like the oi ep and like it all has to be oi songs like no we can jump around like within those subgenres and still stay true to like two minute minor yeah um what noam was saying is the first album lagoon's best friend is most definitely about um me kind of coming coming into myself like coming to chicago kind of giving everything up uh and following my personal path kind of following what what uh what god has for me Mm -hmm. and then uh getting sober and becoming straight edge uh and i just wanted for myself to to get all that off my chest yeah and if it could help anybody that's that's rad like if people can listen to it and be like i totally understand what he's going through that's cool but i didn't want to make it so much straight edge to where it turned people (laughs) off who weren't straight edge yeah. Because um, I know everyone in the band is not straight edge. I think there's four of us that are and mm-hmm. two that are not. And and there's different things like three of us are skinheads, you know, four of us are not. Three of us are Christians, other people are not. Like, yeah. that's, that's, I like that because we're joining together and we're bonding with our differences. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to portray that message on the first album. Like, 
come on, we got all this bullshit in our lives with uh, politics and with religion, and this is a tough time right now with with politics. Yeah. And with all the hatred that's with that's coming out with politics, and everyone is just biting at each other, and I just want to be like, whoa. This is me focusing on myself, getting myself better, so maybe I could help. Yeah. However I need to help. And that's, I was going to mention, there's when, not if, when you pick up A Goon's Best Friend on 7-inch vinyl, I don't know if it's also on the CD, but the insert that you have in there is, fuck, it says it all. It says what you just said, and like, unity in bold at the bottom, kind of like, there's all this stuff going on, like, if this can help you awesome and like i just think you'll you'll i'm not gonna read it because you have to buy it to read it but i feel yeah teaser it's already in its second pressing so these things are flying off the shelves so you better get it um i think that like what you said in there is like perfect and especially with like we won't get into like the whole like skinhead thing because if people don't get it by now then they're well that's why whatever that's why tried and true is written yeah Yeah. and it's that thing where like in that write-up you're like this is it like this is what we're about like no matter like what you think about straight edge or skinhead or like not like christian not christian like no matter what like this is kind of our mission statement and this is what we're about and i just thought like that was fucking awesome because i know even me like coming up like certain like skinhead or like you had like like fsu and like stuff like that and like things got bad raps over the decades but it's like no like this is what i believe in and like yeah there's always going to be like some squeaky wheels here and there in different subgroups and things like that but as people were really good at ruining everything yeah like there's that one kid in the class that like you only know the one kid in the class because he's the squeaky wheel but it's like I just, like, really wanted to commend that and, like, kind of bring that up, how you're... Because that was, like, exactly what you're talking about right now. So then, kind of transitioning from, like, that internal thing, and you were saying, like, try and true and everything, going into this new record, what was kind of the shift in that, like, thinking, since you kind of got all that off in the first EP, what was kind of then the new mindset going into the second one? Yeah, so exactly what Noam said is... This first album was inward. This second album is completely outward. And it's about our community in Chicago. It's about the violence. It's about the hatred that we see between uh, Democrats and Republicans. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like these two sides cannot seem to get along. And it's completely frustrating. It's completely destroying our nation and our communities. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I remember a time when I was a kid, I asked my grandpa who raised me, I said, who are you voting for? And he pulled me aside and said, we don't ask people that. This is, this is a private thing that you need to find out on your own. And if you want to learn, I'd be grateful. You know, I would love to help you. But this is a private issue that you need to figure out on your own and really dive in and get the information. But now we just spew everything on social media. And we, if people speak their minds, we just hate on them. Yeah, and that's the opposite of being positive and so the second record we really wanted to make to try to put out something positive that doesn't have anything to do with politics in the sense of a two party monopolized system sure like it's I, not like a no effects album where you're like clearly like saying oh this person's bad right yeah. correct mm-hmm. um, yeah because 
I don't care who you voted for. That's none of my business. Um, I don't care what you believe. That's none of my business. This record is about what we believe. Mm-hmm. And this record is just trying to be positive and we'll still love and embrace you no matter what you voted for, who you voted for, what policies you have or what religion you are. And this record is really supposed to just be spewing out all of our ideas about what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's more and of it's an outward. Like, yeah. With the other band members, like I know even during the session while Chris was setting up there was dialogues about kind of vegetarianism and vegan and kind of yeah. like issues like that with the lyrical content of blood on our front stoop is there conversations just outside of the writing process that you guys have these conversations just to make sure kind of everyone's on the same page for what wiley is singing about or is is it kind of just like we'll write the music and we know wiley we trust wiley to write what we all agree with do you want to talk on this one, Verge? Yeah. Since this is like a very Verge song. Yeah, let me let me bring something up real quick because I don't know if he knows what you're talking about. Is that correct? On Blood on Our Front Stoop? Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, Okay. I think so. Take it yeah. away. <laughs> well, just the genesis of that song. Yes. Yeah, yeah so um, it, what was it? Uh, Memorial Day uh, week? Like that. It was sure. the first week of June sure. or whatever, whatever right? Isn't that Memorial do. Day? So I was in Denver and um, on for work. And my wife called me, and it was like uh, after midnight, and some there was some gang shooting on our block, which we came to find out later. But anyway, this guy ended up getting shot like two, three times. Ended up bleeding out on our actually our front stoop. Like he laid on our front on stoop, right in front of our front door, bled out all over the place. Like blood was everywhere. Wow. And, uh, there was something like nine shots were fired. It was basically like kind of an old west shootout. Two guys on the sidewalk directly shooting at each other and there was bullets in my neighbor's house and everything so it was really freaked me out my wife called she was obviously upset i got kids and everything yeah. so they were all home it was like a tuesday night and it wasn't even you know it was like a weeknight yeah. people you know work day whatever i can only and imagine that it was just really like frightening you're in denver yeah. and it's like there's only so much you can do yeah. from afar yeah so i was yeah i was real bent out of shape about it and i know i reached out to you guys because i think i just like needed to talk to somebody and I, I think I uh, I think I sent you guys a picture I was like this just happened I'm like freaked out I, I sent it like the next day I, I just, guess it was yeah yeah so because my wife had sent me and then the thing that was really upsetting too is the next day or that night the cops were there the fire uh, the uh, firemen were there all night but then they left all the blood all over so it was all over the front steps. It was all over the sidewalk. Didn't and so my wife it? had to get up at like five in the morning because she didn't want my girls to see it. And right. She had to scrub it all out because it's like a hazard and everything. Yeah. Anyway, so long story short, when I got back home, I went to an alderman's meeting and I talked about it. And then, of course, the police chief and the firemen and everybody like apologized and that shouldn't have happened and they should have taped it off and they should have came out and hosted it off and they should have cleaned it up and. You know, but it just kind of it, it speaks to the violence in the city, and that kind of was the genesis for the song, right? I yeah. mean, that really inspired that um, the cover art. It inspired that song, and um, which you've seen the cover art, right? Yeah, now. yeah. So, yeah. So it's not something that it's like enjoyable to talk about, but it's it happened. It's real. It's Chicago. Yeah. And the weird thing for me is I live. I've lived in Philly. I've lived outside New York. I've you know, spent a lot of time on the East Coast and moving back to Chicago in 2010, and I've seen more weird crap in Chicago. Yeah. I've seen a shooting in person. I've seen a hit and run. I've seen 
just enough of this stuff and it just it wears on you yeah there was yeah. a shooting outside of where um right. darren and i work out it happened like right at that door and the guy died yeah and that's it, crazy yeah and it's like it's and with all that and like having i mean that's powerful stuff to be like from a craigslist ad to then these are the people you're reaching out to when you need to talk about something says like how much you guys have bonded as a band and as people which like i can say like a lot of bands i don't think have that no, yeah. which we're is lucky. pretty yeah. fucking really awesome lucky. well technically these two are the only craigslist now though right yeah yeah but yeah and then so i feel like with all this too the like whole like pma and you kind of brand yourselves as like a posi hardcore band for the person that only knows what pma is through seeing it on like a bad brains piece of merch or something kind of what if you could like sum it up in a few sentences to like if like what pma is and why it's kind of so important that two minute minor just isn't a regular hardcore band like you make sure to tell people that you're a posi hardcore band Okay, I'll take <laughs> <laughs> Well, PMA. Is there like a PMA care bear? <laughs> Pos- positive mental attitude. Um, you know, it was important to HR. He, you know, you read this book about empowerment, and um, I know that was a huge thing in this book was, was PMA. And I think, to me, it's important because I can fall in to the, the trap of... Uh, everyday life of getting wrapped up in my own head mm-hmm. um, kind of fo- I actually do focus a lot on the negative I can um, I can get stressed out quite easily so I think for me saying we're a positive band and being PMA doesn't necessarily mean that we're 100% positive all the time because that's not real mm-hmm. right. that's not real raw real life um, but we say that because this is how we want to be and this is what we strive to be yeah um so i would say it's a lot for my it's a lot for me i gotta keep the pma gotta keep the positive mental attitude gotta keep trucking gotta get through life gotta get this done gotta help as many people as we can however they need help yeah um i think that's true positivity i don't think being positive is rainbows and butterflies all the time i think you got to get real and, and dirty and raw in life and so I think PMA is something that we stand behind because it is so important in the positive hardcore scene and because it really does help us to be better people. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. We're going to take another break. You're going to listen to It's a Disease. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some other things kind of more as musician, as people and have some laughs with our traditional speed round. We'll definitely be comparing answers from the Octobird episode for (laughs) Glenn and Zach, but for now, enjoy more music from Two Minute Minor with It's a Disease. Self-defeat Set the slugs from the outside In We did the 
And we are back. You just listened to It's a Disease from Two Minute Minor. And I hear there's a coolish, like, in- interesting, we'll say interesting story yeah. um, behind that song. Okay, so It's a Disease is the very first song that we wrote as a band with Zach on drums. Um, that is not the story. The story is uh, I was for about a year and a half in this band called The Blamed. Mm. I sang with them, and we did a show in... Milwaukee. Where's Cup of Joy? Uh, that's in uh, Green Bay. Green Bay, yes. Green Bay. So we played in Green Bay, and we drove home, and I, th- I think we got home at about three thirty-four in the morning. Yeah, something like that. And where was the old practice spot? The Potomac oh, Potomac yeah. Studios. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So is that close to the west side? Is Potomac yeah. on the west side? Yeah, yeah. It's by the west side, so it's a really bad area. Right on the border of the west side. Yeah, and so what we're doing is. Uh, we have this truck, and Jeff pulls his truck in, but he can't get his truck all the way into the bay door because his, his truck's too high. And Brian and I are, tell him, we're like, we should probably either park your truck outside or try to get it in somehow because it's not a good area and it's late. So Brian and I grab the base cab, and we both carry it up the stairs. And we drop it down, and we start talking a little bit about just what happened that night and you know what was going on and stuff. And all of a sudden... Jim, the drummer Jim Chafin from the Crucified and the Blamed, runs up the stairs freaking out and he's like frantic and he's like trying to say something to us but we cannot understand what he's saying and he like falls on the steps and we're like, what? Is this dude just like trolling? Like what's going on? And he's like, we just got, we, we, and we couldn't understand what he was saying and we're like, what are you trying to say? Just settle down. He's like, we just got robbed at gunpoint. They stuck guns to our heads. And we're like, what? what? And all of a sudden, Jeff storms up the stairs, super pissed and angry like the Hulk. And he's like, they're trying to rob us. <laughs> no. It was like these two different like worlds. He yeah. Had, he had a frantic and then a super pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess they were unloading gear and these two, I think they were kids, I think. I think they're like high school kids, they said, came with masks on and guns and pointed guns to their heads and robbed them. And... Took all the gear? No. Didn't take any gear. Just took their wallets, took their phones. I think that's it. Took their wallets and mm-hmm. their phones, yeah. Oh. I mean, thank God they didn't take the gear. I mean, it's yeah. like, well, it's still like a fucking crazy experience. Yeah. But and he's from California, so he comes to Chicago and he gets, you know, robbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And so It's a Disease is kind of about that. I wrote it. It's, uh, the chorus is, uh, It's a Disease... Poverty builds up the thieves. It's a disease. The working class plead for peace. And it's kind of about Chicago. And if you just keep... Kind of like the Flint documentary. that He's from Flint, by the way. Uh, okay. No. And in this, in this... I don't know if you saw it on Netflix, but it's a short documentary uh, series. Yeah. yeah okay. Town. I saw it. I haven't watched it yet. And yeah. it's, it's amazing. And they, they say something in it that's, that's really important. And they're kind of talking about... Um, Help me out here. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm struggling. To, I'm trying to figure out where you're going with it. So they're kind of they're kind of <laughs> talking about the way to help a community is not really to militarize a community. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. for the cops to give back to the community. Like, okay, so back in the day, cops would go around the neighborhood, and they would know everybody's name. Yeah, they'd walk a beat. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they, build relationships. they would hang out. They'd go to the barbecues with people. They'd be like, oh, that's Bill, and that's his son, Ted. Sure, yeah. <laughs> From the future. They had an excellent adventure. <laughs> yeah. 
and now it's it's they're so disconnected from people's lives. If if you're in a community with somebody, you're not gonna pull a gun and shoot someone that you know. You're not gonna pull a gun and shoot your no, friend. No. You're not gonna pull a gun and shoot uh, Bill's kid uh, because you know them. You, yeah. You, you've, you've maintained relationships, you've made relationships with these people, and life is all about relationships. And now there's, you know, the, the police in the community, they're policing like a military, and they do not have these relationships. So yeah. no one, it doesn't mean anything to anybody. The cops are on the cop side and the people on the people's side, and we keep separating each other through social media, and mm. it keeps separating. Yeah, there's a similar theory that I was reading an article about Chicago police specifically, that was saying it was taking like the employment of Chicago police and like the zip codes they're from and then where they're stationed. And it's like someone from uptown that gets stationed in Inglewood, like doesn't know the culture, doesn't know like the environment where like, if you hire someone like from that area, they'll know like, Oh, these people are just like messing around. Like they're not a threat, but someone from not that area could look at something that happens. And it's like, oh these kids are just like messing around it's like well i've never seen kids mess around like this like i'm gonna pull out my gun and yeah. like stop them and stuff right. like that and it's like that whole idea of like em- it's a disease. employing from like the like more the geographic area so it's kind of that commonality like the neighborhood like, something oh yeah. i was just gonna say when you brought that up um because we haven't had that conversation before but uh related when i went to that alderman's meeting following the shooting in our neighborhood all the people in the business community and a lot of the older people that were there asked this specific question to all the policemen that were there and the police chief and our alderman was we need those patrolmen again we need to build relationships that was what the community was asking for and they were pitching their new camera surveillance program and their audio which is the opposite which is the opposite because they're actually they're trying to cut back on the police presence and it's just driving by in cars but that's what the community was asking for is like we need a presence we need a relationship it used to be this way 10 20 years ago and now we're having more problems because there is no one walking around and if there's someone just like they just park their car on the street and it's like you don't know who that person is in the car you just know like oh there's a car there like hopefully they're in the car like i don't know if they're in the like shop getting lunch i don't know if they're like actually surveilling anything like they could just be like all right i'm supposed to post up here and like do whatever they need to do. Yeah. And it's been, it's been far too easy to just incarcerate people. So we have like the school to prison pipeline. I, so I'm a social worker on top of all this stuff. Uh, and there's a, there's a juvenile detention facility that's at Western and Lake uh, that I used to do programming at. And all the, all the kids in there, they all come from the same neighborhoods. Um, and it cost, at the time anyways, $85,000 a year to keep a kid there. Um, so just for simple math, let's say we got 10 kids from Englewood there. Imagine a community investment of eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars into Englewood versus locking ten people up yep. yeah. and you're decimating communities uh, left and right. And uh, you know we can talk about prisons as a public health issue in terms of drug use and is STIs. That, is that location you're talking about as a private size? Uh, that one is not. No. But you get into privatized. And it's a whole bunch worse. of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I think that I, I use that sort of as a segue. I think into talking about tent city. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we, uh, well, three of us, so, uh, Wiley, Mike, who, uh, isn't here, he's recovered from knee surgery. Yeah, Mike's also in our band. Yeah, mm-hmm. guitarist number three. Mike yep. Promoter, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I live pretty much right in Uptown. By yeah. the way, Mike, get better. That's yeah. Right. Heal that up. knee, get brother. Well, get well soon. <laughs> he just oh, yes. had knee surgery, so yeah. Man. we're praying for him. 
And yeah. so in, in Uptown, there's a lot of homeless folks, uh, a lot of folks who live in tents, uh, either under the underpass or there's a sort of like a parkway between or right by Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, in my church, we'd go down and, and, and feed them and just hang out with them on Sundays for a couple hours. All they really want to do is talk. Yeah. And that's the thing is they say no one treats us like human beings. Like, I went and talked to this lady for over an hour and a half, and she just wanted to talk. Yeah, and there's, like, two, there's been articles and research done with kind of, like, even just making eye contact with the homeless and acknowledging their presence. Because then they kind of did, like, a sociology study where it's like they had someone where you're on a sidewalk and just everyone ignores you and then you start thinking like oh i i can do whatever i want and no one's gonna give a shit because no one's looking at me or giving me the time of day and it's like it kind of feeds into like the mental health like aspect of it as well yeah invisible man all over Mm -hmm. it's so frustrating yeah which actually is a good segue to i wanted to bring up the patches the homeless mm-hmm. patches that you guys did and was that kind of along the same lines of this density and the work that you're doing yeah. that those patches came about because yeah. that was fucking awesome that I saw so we have a song <clears throat> in our new album that's coming out um, called Tent City and it's about do you know what Tent City is? yeah because okay. there was it's, wasn't it's there a, like a legal battle too yes. with it like yes. a couple months ago? Okay, it's in Uptown yeah. and the church that I'm a part of um, has fought for Tent City and they've been trying to shut it down, which they successfully did, unfortunately. But they've been trying to shut it down for years. Mm-hmm. And we kept... The city, not the church, I should specify. Right. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the city has been trying to shut it down. And the church has been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And we've gone out and done many protests. And a lot of people have uh, gone to the alderman's office and mayor's office and just trying to fight this. Sorry, it gets me a little emotional. No, um, yeah. So... Sorry. <laughs> Getting teared up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it, it just really frustrates me that these people don't get treated like people. Oh, they're and, like pigeons. Yeah. And they were just up yeah. and gone. That, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. So they, were just, they were just up and gone that day. Because right? we used to practice right, what, two blocks? Not even two blocks. Mm-hmm. And I drove in. It's, it's just gone. Yeah. yeah. They boarded it all off. <clears throat> And, and then I, so when I have to, I have to drive a lot to come to practice. So that night I was, I was kind of upset by it. And I went, drove, I drove around looking for where they were and where they went to and they got split up. And then I had seen underneath the, right underneath the Eisenhower, right downtown by the Jane Byrne where they're doing the new mm-hmm. construction. Yeah. There was a whole bunch there for a while and it's gone now too. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they went. Yeah. Cause we, cause we would be out even just before practice we'd be meet at the coffee shop and someone would come in and sit yeah. down and talk we'd talk to them because we were waiting yeah just hang out and I think that's you know? something important that like showing the like devotion and passion towards that really kind of brings it back to that like PMA and that like external with this new album and stuff where I feel a lot of punk these days and it gets kind of like roped into the like oh my girlfriend left me blah blah and like especially with hardcore it's always been like hey there's bigger fish to fry like Mm -hmm. there's shit out there and like like um the chromags with uh he just put out the book about yeah about the chromag uh yes and stuff like that where it's like that whole thing was like thinking about not 
like not yourself and like mm. the like positive change and things like that. And I feel like with the patches and the music is just like all good vibes and all PMA and that's like what it's all about and like I feel that when people listen to this stuff and they hear the story, like it's very, I mean we're like it's this but, is probably one of the deeper episodes we've had but i feel like it's that kind of call to action where it's like shit needs to change and well, it's like people like us that are gonna make that change happen exactly yeah. and we're, this is where i don't mean to cut you off so it's fine uh i think this is where uh one of the things that i'm really proud about with this album uh is that it is as much a unity album as anything else and i think that culminates with the song unite the crew Mm-hmm. Um, which has guest vocalists from uh, certainly some of our favorite bands. Uh, Decline, Fernando's on it. Yeah, through and through. We yeah, got through through Ruben through from Through and Through, and then we got Charity, formerly of Anti World System. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and then we also have uh, Tobin uh, doing a part. Yeah, uh, Tobin does a, a speaking part on the album, mm-hmm. and then uh, we got Big Juan from Fear City Skins, who does my favorite part. Yeah, I, I have nice. to agree that that's <laughs> yeah. my favorite yeah. spoken part. Uh, and I think that that's that's something that's that's really cool about this album is that we're bringing people together. Uh, around a message, yeah, uh, and around around sort of the, the scene and the music. And yeah. I know, looking forward too, you guys were even talking about the third release and like Mike's part of it and like his Mike role is, is the main part. Yeah, and like he's yeah. like even though he's not here, like he's kind of like part of that future. Yeah. Do you feel lyrically and kind of just as a band, you're going to do more externally? and like more stuff like the patches and more stuff like that sure. and it's going to turn into like more than the music we already started writing for that album we have one song mm-hmm. written okay um and let me back up a little bit yeah yeah so the reason mike's in this band is because he was an anti-world system and he was the main songwriter that band kind of imploded on itself and he reached out to Zach and I because we're both believers uh, Mike's a believer and he lives at Japuza and dedicates his whole life to serving the poor he doesn't make any money he gives his money to the poor um, that's what Japuza does is it runs homeless shelters and they care for and give their lives to, and they dedicate their lives to the poor and that's what he does he's a servant hmm. he, he serves the community okay he's not a cultural Christian like some people who say they're Christians and don't really live it out okay this is what he actually does and so he really inspired me to step up my game just as a human being christian or not that that doesn't really matter because we're i mean it matters to me but it doesn't really matter if you're christian or not we're all humans here on this earth we're all brothers and sisters we have to come together and unite otherwise we're just going to tear ourselves down yeah okay and he believes in that message strongly and so he started this he came to Zach and I wanted to start this uh, recording project called Disaffiliate kind of disaffiliate yourself from the world Um, and he wanted it to be a more like thrashy old school crossover thrash hardcore album kind of like Cro-Mags Asia Quarrel kind of like um, Agnostic Front um, Cause for Alarm and even adding some of the 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 band that we always joke about Leeway. Yeah, Leeway. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
a little um, more like a little more metal side. Metal side so Verge can show off his wow. <laughs> little musical <laughs> ways. Yeah. And so we started. We worked on three songs. Uh, myself, Mike, and Zach. And we actually shopped around to some some labels, and we got like three bites, and they really liked it. And we're like, dude, why don't we just add you into our band? Why don't you just be in our band and why don't you help us write this stuff like let's not start a side project because that's just going to take too much time away from us be in our band be part of the goon crew you know yeah. he's like yeah let's do that let's do it let's make this album and let's uh let's let's try to to reach people if we can any way that we can you know yeah so that's why we're in in like like we talked about before these three albums we're trying to make a little bit different but still stay in that genre mm-hmm. yeah we just don't want it to get boring and we want it to stay interesting yeah and to answer your question i know i rambled on here yes it's going to be more outward okay yeah hell yeah the album yes the album fuck yeah that all sounds tight i'm super pumped (laughs) sorry we got so passionate no and that's (laughs) that's like i feel like with this podcast like especially like the songwriting and like the stories behind it especially with punk i feel that there's a certain superficial level people can take it at where there was always like the running joke of like why did you be why did you become like in a punk band and people are like oh because I listened to a song and I was like I can play that and yeah. it was like <laughs> and then it like goes from that like superficial thing to then like no it's like like the stuff behind the like superficial whether it's like super complex or super simple like message style community like all that stuff is like so important. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what personally brought me to hardcore. Is punk is is kind of like at times whining and complaining about the system and getting drunk. I don't care. Yeah. And I feel like hardcore and you know no belief system. And I feel like uh, positive hardcore and like old school hardcore punk was more like, come on, let's be positive. Yeah. In a sense. And I know I in the beginning like too, it wasn't, but it's later on. My, like, I, to piggyback off that, I feel my experiences with like hardcore and punk has been like, punk is the, you're sitting at the bar and like, woe is me and talking about all the problems. And hardcore is like, well, let's fucking do something about it. There was like an awesome documentary and of course i forget the guy that said it and he's like it's that thing of like not throwing rocks at the building but going in the building to change it oh it's the other f word it was the guy who's becoming a politician to try to change it okay change it from inside right yeah Yeah. where it's like you're not you're not gonna get i'm still hardcore i'm still punk yeah i'm just doing it from i'm just taking a different i think that that's where the diy aesthetic is so important in here as well because it's not hey let's try and get somebody else to do this for us it's fuck it let's do it ourselves yeah um and zach is amazing on that level particularly with uh with all the merch all the all the production um and I, I think that that DIY piece is is vital to this band. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the it's mm-hmm. our lifeline for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But I think that that it also sort of speaks to our ethos. Yeah. Right? Zach and mm-hmm. I pretty much do everything together and DIY together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm like so yeah. we're in our fifth year. And I'm usually good at like transitioning into the speed round, but I'm just like, 
like, do I even do the speed route? I like we're on such like a positive like ethos driven thing. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to cheapen it with like, what's like your dog's name? Like yeah. I don't yeah. like yeah. I don't want to do that. I think, shit. I think like, we need it. I yeah, I think, I think we, we need it. We need we don't it. Want to be if you too, read, if yeah. you read our group text, you would yeah. laugh so hard. We're, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're really, like, really yeah. a bunch of goofballs. Like we're like, like you know, like, there's, this, there's this silliness. Is, we take this seriously, and this is something that needs to be taken seriously. Yeah. Everything that we were talking about, but there is something about us that we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. Yes, you, yeah. you know what I mean. Okay. Like yeah, like you can hang. So with we're us doing speed talk. round. <laughs> Traditional <laughs> interview questions. You answer as an individual. Don't think about it too much. We're not looking for the coolest answer. We're looking for the truth here, fellas. <laughs> the truth, the honest truth. So the first thing that pops into your head is usually the correct answer. And I'll mix up the order a little bit so it throws Zach and Glenn off. <laughs> um, if you could nerd out about one thing other than music, what would it be? The pyramids. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. Oh, ancient alien. Really? I'm so into it. He's like so the, into it. It, it's not it's not ancient aliens. <laughs> As Gnome just like looks it's away. It's just in the last <laughs> the last ten years what they've discovered about the measurements. It, it's just unbelievable. Oh, you I know, saw a video about that. They recently just discovered like you know they used their measure uh, uh, it was called a cubit. Okay, yeah. So if you take the 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 exact volume of the Great Pyramid and add all the cubits up, it's the same number as the speed of light. And they're like, how did they know that? All right. just all so if you wanted to know more about <laughs> yeah. the pyramids, <laughs> talk, talk to Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. to Bob. Put Bob's phone number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and durian fruit. Oh, oh durian, the fart-smelling yeah. fruit. Yeah, yeah. durian fruit. Yeah. I had a roommate who ate that all the time, and yeah. it smelled like farts. <sighs> Anyone else? Yeah. Go. Yeah. Uh, out. Probably gear. Yeah, he's yeah. But not music. But hold on. Not music. Not music. He is a power lifter. Yeah. Yeah. I would nerd out on powerlifting, I guess. Okay. He's got a trainer, and he's got a nutritionist. I do, I do. Yeah. And he's got calves. And like. he's... <laughs> and he's... And made. when Bob says, like, that, his hands are a about a, a cubit. Yeah. That's it, it's a cubit. It's a full cubit. That's a real thing. Don't make fun of me. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just trying to, like... I know everybody knows what a cubit means. Yeah. They're oh, my goodness. But okay, he, got a, he got a nutritionist because he is a vegan power lifter and he needed to know how to, to better himself. Yeah. With yeah. Um, and actually, Brad, who is the fill-in drummer, got me into being vegetarian. There you go. And I know that Noam had been talking about it. And finally, I think when he's... I mean, I don't, wanna, I don't know. I don't want to speak for Noam. But when he saw me finally become a vegetarian, he started talking to me about it. And I think he got interested and took it to I've been a vegetarian extent. and vegan before in my sure, life sure so have I I yeah. mean we all go through that stuff <laughs> so is that your is that your nerd is out is that your nerd out are you nerd out about veggie no no because because I don't <laughs> because <laughs> no, I don't no, there was like the merch answer yeah, yeah. I don't push you, I never push that stuff on any of you yeah. guys I don't push not drinking on anybody I don't push uh, vegetarianism on everybody I don't push uh Christianity, religion, personal relationships, anybody. Yeah. I think people need to that they need to do that on their own. You're yeah. slowing down the speed line. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would this say speed ramp. hardcore hoodies. Hardcore, hardcore hoodies. hoodies. I ordered yeah. seven this month. All right. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. With summer right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still buy them in the summer. Um, this is and the I've, 18th. And the I've month. actually been nerding out. This is going to be like, okay, go ahead. But Mike and I have been doing Bible studies, and I've been diving back into the Bible pretty hardcore, so. Nice. We've been nerding out on that. 
Ooh. Zach, Care Bears? No. <laughs> Water? That That's the drink question. Oh, okay. right. yeah, don't skip ahead. Don't skip ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I I also nerd out on gear. Gnome and I are constantly like talking yeah. gear. Um, just bought that. I was telling you about the the Joyo twenty one yeah, head. Yeah. I bought the little micro <laughs> boutique. Non music though. All right, so non music. But you know what? I, well, my kids. I, I nerd out on them all the time. I love yeah. my my kids. But <laughs> I would say it's on my brain. You said the first thing that comes to mind. I used to play Magic the Gathering. I'm a total dork. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was in the basement recently, and I was uh, pulling out some boxes, and I probably have about 10,000 Magic oh. the Gathering cards. And yeah. you saw some and over there. And the sad part is <laughs> yeah. they're all like, I've got them organized. Um, my shadow deck. I've got yeah. like, all, all these different You've gotta decks. You've got to have yeah. those, yeah. And my wife keeps asking me why I won't part with them, and I don't know, but they're like that nerd part of yeah. it. It would be hard to to let him go. Yeah. It might be time. I, be I still time. have all I my Mage Knights. Would anyone That's buy even like them a though? Is level. That, you know? Right. Right. And yeah. Mage Knights was my jam and I still have the little figurines and I can't get rid of them. Sorry, but the first thing that came to my mind was music collecting. That's... Yeah. It's... We've heard about CDs. the vast CDs before. Yes. Yes. The, carrying the stack of 50 CDs after audio feed? Yeah. It's probably yeah. gonna happen this year. Yeah. This guy's crazy. We'll take it. We'll t- just he's the only such person, a crazy... He's thing. the only person in 2018 that collects CDs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go, hey, what about this thing called Spotify? No. No. No, I've never had Spotify. Yeah. Who knows if I'll ever get it. Favorite two-minute minor song to play live? Dang. Can we go from the first album and then the second album? Can we yeah. The aliens just come and go, so don't go, mind them. Go ahead. Uh, I sort of like Unwritten War, I think. First album. Yeah, first album. Second album, what do you like? Oh, we got to do. Well, we no, every... just just in general. Okay, yeah, okay yeah. sorry. Yeah. We haven't played everything live from the second album yet, though. Okay. First album, I stand firm. Mm-hmm. Um, second album, right now, it's a disease. Nice. I would say Goon Crew first album, second album, it's a disease. Nice. Uh. Unwritten War, for sure, from the first record, even though apparently I'm, like, <laughs> playing a chord wrong that I just found out recently. Um, but, it's so uh, fast, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, who knows? It's, it's, it's Unwritten War. It's punk rock. And uh, I love playing the Victory Can't Be Defeated mm-hmm. live now. I just think nice. that's a, such an awesome way that to kick cool. off a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. I'll have to agree with you on that for the second album, and I think the first album for me is Goon Crew. I think that's just such a good closer, and I just mm-hmm. love playing it every time. Yeah. Favorite beverage doesn't have to be alcoholic just your go-to beverage that you love drinking water water <laughs> it's like tap water too from different water. cities yeah different cities. we we want we want zach to be like what's the wine the sauvignon yeah like the wine t-shirt. like yeah but like well, but yeah. like, but, like water. Of, but, of, but of regional tap waters yeah. just not flint <laughs> just not flint please verge uh, coffee. I'm a black coffee guy. Black Dunkin' coffee. Donuts is my go-to. Okay. No so sugar, if I really no want to treat myself, I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts medium black coffee. Okay. With one ice cube. Yeah. <laughs> we, were t- we were talking about the ice cube. We were. Because we when were. you first get it, it's scalding hot, and yeah. then you let it cool for a little bit, and then you can't drink it in time to no, enjoy it, and it's cold. Way. And yeah. And you have to ask for one. Because if you don't specify, they put a whole bunch of ice cubes, uh, and then yeah. it's iced coffee, and it's a disaster. <laughs> okay. So there's only three things in my life that I drink. I drink LaCroix, and I love it. Yeah. So much. (laughs) (laughs) I drink aloe vera. 
every morning. And Isn't that like a skin lotion? And before. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I drink sun tanning lotion. Yeah. His stomach is moisturized. For the taste. You, every day you drink it? Yeah. Every day. Is and that I, good? And for I drink, you? Well, it's drinkable form. But I'm like. Well, look at his glow. I'm like, too much of anything I feel is a bad thing. I drink thing. it every day with two cupfuls of apple cider vinegar. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that the third thing you drink? No. Oh. That's that, that's together. That's okay. okay. I put those, those are pals. That's a pair. Those yeah. are pals. I put Combo. Those two together. Yeah. And then another thing, I make smoothies probably every day, too. Nice. So. I consume ridiculous amounts of orange juice. And then when the yeah. weather is... Pulp or no pulp? Some pulp, Ooh, usually. Light pulp, all right. Yeah, some pulp, usually. And then um, when the weather's just right, like during the summer when it's warm and the sun's getting low... Like a Peroni is really good. Okay. You know? Yeah. What's yeah. a Peroni? I'm sorry, I don't it's, know. It's an Italian, it's Italian uh, lager. Oh, water. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crisp and light. Okay. Listen yeah. to this group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine would be Lacroix uh, or iced coffee. Do you have a go-to Lacroix flavor? Uh, I'm liking passion fruit right now, but I can, I can swing a papal. I see. I feel the Did Lacroix. You say you can swing a what? A papal mousse. Oh, the Lacroix. I thought you said Pat's Blue Ribbon. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're I'll stick the PBR in there. Right edge. Why would you break edge for Pat's Blue Ribbon? <laughs> yeah. That's like diarrhea. Oh, yeah. oh my god! I, I like. Can't come I like work how today. Why? the, I drink the answer is never just like, oh, this is my favorite Lacroix. Every time I've asked that question, it's like, well, currently I'm like feeling this one. Yeah, it's I'm never just on. like. For the rest of time, this will always be my number you one flavor. Like, it has to be. It's waves. It has yeah. to be. <laughs> I like that with the orange one, though. The orange LaCroix is always my favorite. But I'll yeah. drink, like, yeah, I like the berry. I like the lime. Yeah, I drink a lot of LaCroix. Like, like, but I'm talking about, like, that's to hydrate, and I think it's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I have this thing with orange juice. I'm like, man, I just need some orange juice right now. If you could say line. the one band or musician that made you want to be in a band. You saw them, or you saw the band, and you're like, I need to do what they're doing. That's hard. Well, I'm starting. I already know your answer, though. You want to answer it for me? MXPX. Yuri. Yes. Drummer. Nice. Yes. You can answer mine. You don't listen to me, though. You don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> do you remember mine? No, I don't, actually. Operation Ivy. Nice. Mine was Joe Lally and Fugazi. Nice. I love a bass player. Do I have to say a cool punk one though? No. no. And a lot of times too, people sure. are like, "Oh, it's, it was like when it my like brother's nice. band was playing or something like that." Like it doesn't have to be a big band. Honestly, what when I was younger, what made me want to play guitar was the first thing. It was I was like in third grade, and it was like Friday night videos, and they would play Queen, and like hearing ah, hell hearing yeah. Brian awesome. yeah. Brian May's yeah, yeah. the way he plays guitar, <laughs> you know, like the the lead. Yeah, he plays lead guitar like Brian May, and is then he, is he the only guitar player, right? Or yeah, there, yeah, yeah. The way he plays his leads, and then um, my dad knew I was getting into Queen, and he handed me a Grand Funk Railroad record, nice. <laughs> and I Sick put that on. <laughs> no, but that that yeah. was like that was some pretty good stuff. That Flash Gordon soundtrack. I just love was, where like yeah, yeah there's a punk documentary with Dwayne Peters, and he's like, I listened to the Sex Pistols, and that fucked me up. And then I listened to, like, the Ramones, and it fucked me up even more. Just, like, Bob's version of that, like, I listened to Queen, and that fucked me up. (laughs) (laughs) Then I listened to Grand Fuck Railroad, and that fucked me up even more. Like, it's a beautiful thing. It's so good. 
I had I had two older sisters, so I got a lot of Prince and Depeche Mode. Yeah. Oh, yes. so that was like set me on the music track. You're the winner. Yeah. I love the Depeche Mode. Metal Prince. The first physical piece of music you bought with your own money. Oh, not again. I know. <laughs> Mine was. Dun, dun, MC dun, 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 Hammer can't touch this and Vanilla Ice 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 Baby. Yeah, too legit. Yeah, too legit to quit. That was the later album. That's the second album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. Uh, I have my Hammer discography. Yeah. <laughs> Messed up. Do you remember yours? Um. MXPX. No. Um, I don't remember if it was given to me or I bought it, but it was the DC Talk Rap album Free at Last. Nice. A lot of. I got uh, Black Flag, Loose Nut on cassette. Hell yeah. Winner. Okay, we get it. You're yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My first one that was given to me was a Hall & Oates record. I can't remember which one. Don't mess with Hall & Oates. It was fantastic. Awesome. Which uh, one did you buy, though? Uh, first one I bought was Phil Collins' No Jacket Required. I hate Phil no. Collins. <laughs> I know. But in the, air tonight, in the air tonight, when that song comes in, no. holy shit. No. Especially if Mike Tyson's punching somebody. <laughs> yes. 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 Wait, yes. I love this part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Phil Collins... Is my number one no gated gated I drums well for oh, the yeah. recording gear people? Um, it, Miami Bison it, it was so yeah third grade the Friday night videos and then I got my parents to take me to Kmart and I bought Kmart. the um, I remember that Queen's greatest hits on cassette nope. hell yeah that, that from, you up yeah, that first one the black one with the faces <laughs> and the baseline in another one bites the dust mm -hmm. is still oh, like yeah. the coolest thing I've <laughs> ever heard I just listened to that like two days yeah. ago and nice. that's like the first song on Such that a good song. record the oh, original greatest hits from the eighties yeah like the black tape one yeah you know what I'm talking about that's what it is you gotta learn that and I think at the same time I bought. Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. Nice. <laughs> it was at the same time, but I, or you were right weird, after. Bob. <laughs> no, my sister got me all Pyramid. into like Anthrax and, and yeah. Megadeth and and Slayer. And oh yeah, Metallica. I have an older sister. Awesome. Yeah. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to sitting down with us and playing live. You're gonna hear the last song that Two Minute Minor recorded. It's called "Change My Life." Brad was the drummer on this. Thanks again for Brad. Uh, for popping into the studio. Mike, get better. Have a speedy and safe recovery. Definitely check out Agoon's Best Friend on Two Minute Miner's Bandcamp page, which we'll link to in the description of this podcast. And be on the lookout for Blood on Our Front Stoop, which is coming out in mid-May. Also, if you are a fan of music festivals, it is announced that Two Minute Miner is playing Midwest Live and Loud here in Chicago. So definitely check out once they po start posting who's playing what day that you make sure to catch these guys during that three-day festival from all of us here at frisky morrison friends have a good day night evening wherever you're listening to this we are out bye see you later Woo! yeah Woo! yeah
We're 